The poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Like it says in Isaiah 53.6, Isaiah 53.6, all we like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. That was our move. And now the Lord's move. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Immediately, God made his move. Immediately. So, what happened? And then God was motivated, motivated by love, motivated by love as the Lord Jesus speaking about what the Father had done with him. And he says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish in hell, but have everlasting life in heaven. God sent, his son. The, the devil was a deceiver, and so all the while, while he's proposing, he's proposing to man, he's saying to men, you'll be as gods, you'll be wise, you'll know good and evil, this is something you really want. He's proposing this. And then, but what he's really doing is he's, he's behind him and saying, open the doors of hell wide. I've got them. He's proposing this, he's proposing life and great things, but he's really planning death for man. That's what happened. But God, totally different. God says, no. God says, I am not gonna let that happen. I am going to send my son who will have all of the sins of the world placed on him and he will die for their sins so that they should not go through those big wide open doors to hell. But I am going to, with his blood, open the doors of heaven for men. That's wonderful, and that's what God was doing. That's a universal love for all men, and he wasn't just speaking of a part of the world that God loved when God said, for God so loved the world. He's speaking about the whole world. It's a universal love that God has for the world. Universal love for all men, and that's what the angel said when the Lord Jesus came and was born. They, they said in Luke 2.14, Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, Peace, goodwill toward men. 
all men, toward men. God's desire is for there to be peace, not just peace on part of the earth, but it was for all the earth. God's will was not just that there should be goodwill towards some men, but for all men, for all men. And God did this great salvation because God is love in 1 John 1.8, 1 John 4.8, 1 John 4.8. 1 John 4.8 says God is love, God is love. In Titus 3.4, Titus 3.4, after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. It's a university, universal, universality, universality of God's love. It talks about this in 1 Timothy 2.4. 1 Timothy 2.4 asks the question, and it's like, well, does God just want some people to be saved and not others? No, 1 Timothy 2.4 says that God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All men to be saved, all men. Not just the elect part of men, but all men. God wants all men to be elect. And God hates this idea of any person going to hell so much, so much that his will is spoken about, God's will is spoken about when it says in 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we've got to settle it once and for all and reject this notion about God only wants some men to be saved because the Bible's clear. The Bible's clear in John 3.16 when it says, God so loved the whole wide world, all, all. God wants all the world to be saved. That's God's purpose. That's, he wants to save the world. That's God's purpose it never changed. It never changed. And don't let anyone tell you all this nonsense about he only loves the elect. Now that's the first point, is that God wants to save all the world. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ has come. He has solved man's greatest problem of being cast into hell. God has solved this problem with his perfect salvation. And that raises the next question, how's he gonna do it? How is God going to save the world? How's God gonna save? What is God's plan? What's the plan, Lord, for a man to bring this knowledge to man of, of, of the great salvation plan as we just sang about? Waft, wafty, salvation, salvation. What's the plan? What's the plan to do that? That's God's will to save the world that he loves, so how does God plan on doing that? This is where God's promises to Abraham come in. Because, and this is where it is so important what God promised to Abraham when he said in Genesis 12, when he said in Genesis 12, in Genesis 12 is where we get the first words that we can listen to in Genesis 12 of what God said to Abraham. And he said in Genesis 12, one, the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And he goes on, he says, I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. There's many promises here that God made to Abraham, but the one that is, that is important for our question, our question, how does God plan to save the world, is in this promise in Genesis 12, 3, in thee, Abraham, shall all families of the earth be blessed. All families of the earth is the whole wide world. 
And we've seen how God wants to save the whole wide world, and Abraham is told that his descendants are going to be this blessing to the whole wide world and all families of the earth. So when God talked to Abraham about all the families of the earth being blessed, God was talking about the whole world that he wants to save. And God is considering, there's another time it comes about where God is considering, I wonder if I should tell Abraham what I'm gonna do in Sodom. He said, no, I will tell him, I will tell him. And he says that in Genesis 18, 17. Genesis 18, 17, where it says, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? Yes, God says, yes, I won't hide from Abraham what I'm gonna do when I'm gonna, planning to destroy Sodom because through Abraham, all the nations of the whole world are gonna be blessed. That's the whole world that God wants to save. So when Abraham has this son Isaac, God then steps into Isaac and said, Isaac, you too. In, in Genesis 26.4, Genesis 26.4, he says, he said to Isaac, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Again, that's the whole world that God wants to save. And, and then he steps in for, 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 for Jacob, and, he, and Jacob, the son of Isaac, he says, Jacob, you too. In Genesis 28, 14, Genesis 28, 14, when he said to Jacob, in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Again, that's all the families of the earth that God wants to save. So to each one of these three patriarchs, it starts out, which is the genesis of the Jewish people, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the same promise is made over and over again and then passed on to the seed, the Jewish people. God would bless the whole world. That's the whole world that God wants to save through the Jewish people. So the Jewish people expand. They become a nation, a nation of Israel now in Egypt, a very unique nation, very unique nation as it says in 2 Samuel 7.23 where it says, what nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name? See, the uniqueness of the Jewish people is that God went to redeem them to be a people to himself and to make him a name. And he says in, in Exodus 9.16, Exodus 9.16 is about Israel, in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up, for to show in thee my power and that my name may be declared throughout the whole earth. So the Jewish people are gonna be the people that declare the name of God throughout the whole earth. There's only one name given under heaven whereby anyone must be saved. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. That they may declare the name of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout all the earth. He went on to speak in Exodus 19.6, Exodus 19.6, speaking about the Jewish people. He said, you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Kingdom of priests, what is a priest? A priest is a person who represents man to God. A prophet, like we were just talking about Ezekiel, is a person who represents God to man. A priest is when, is when it, we see a priest in, in when Moses intercedes and says, God, please don't destroy Israel. Priest Moses 
we see the great high priest, the great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The great high priest, the Lord Jesus, is there praying those words. God said, I want the Jewish people to be a kingdom of priests, not just a tribe, not just the tribe of Levi, but I want them all to be a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of priests. When Pharaoh then goes and he enslaves Israel, he enslaves the Jewish people. When Pharaoh did that, God says to, in essence, was saying to Pharaoh, now you're getting personal. That is very personal to me. And so God told Moses, go down there and tell Pharaoh just how personal that was to me. How personal was it? He said in Exodus 4.22, Exodus 4.22, thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord God, Israel is my son, even my firstborn, and I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. So what is he saying here? He's saying, you know who you just enslaved there? You enslaved my son. Yeah, that's not just any people. Israel is my son, even my first son, and I've got a job for my son to do, and I'm telling you, Pharaoh, let my people go, not so that they can go on their own merry way, let my people go that they may serve me. So even though Moses said, Israel's my son, then, and God commanded to go, because he was to serve God, what does it mean he was to serve God? Well, that was going back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's gonna be a blessing to all the people of the earth. It's gonna be a blessing to all the families of the earth. It's gonna be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. That's the blessing. That's the service. That be the earth that God wants to save. Now let's kind of switch gears a little bit here and look at the bright future of the world. The future of the world right now doesn't look so bright. The future of the world right now, the future of the world right now from last week is to be a United Nations against Israel. They really shouldn't call themselves the United Nations. They should call them the full name, the United Nations against Israel. That's what their vote was last week. They voted all against Israel because of what happened in Gaza. They've all voted against Israel except for two nations. One of them was the United States. Praise God for President Trump and for, for Nikki Haley in the United Nations who stood up for, for Israel. And there was another nation. Anybody know what that other nation was? Did I give you a hint? It starts with an A. Not Antigua. <laughs> Not Argentina. It shocked the United Nations. Australia. It shocked the United Nations when Australia did that, and they, they then made a, a formal uh, demand from Australia, why? Uh, U.S. and Trump, yeah, that we can understand, but why you? <laughs> this is the United Nations against Israel. Very, very serious. God says, now you're getting personal, just like he said to Pharaoh. Now you're getting personal. Israel is my son. You want to destroy my son. Because right now, all the world is not saved, obviously. Right now, the Jewish people are not serving God, bringing the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ to the world, in case that was a newsflash for you. Right now, all the world is not coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, but that's gonna change. That's gonna change in the future. And these verses about the world use words like shall be and in those days. For example, Isaiah 11.9, Isaiah 11.9, the earth shall be 
full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And we talked about this before. Go down to the ocean. Go down to the ocean. Go down to the beach and just look at the waters on the sea and ask yourself the question, how complete have the waters covered the sea? Totally. With great depth and great expanse, that's gonna be how the knowledge of the Lord Jesus is going to be on the earth. Not just a head knowledge. Not just a head knowledge, but it's going to be, it goes on in Habakkuk 2.14, Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, all the world will have this knowledge of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is spoken about in John 1.14. In John 1.14, where it says, the Lord Jesus was the word who was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the glory of God's grace and truth that's seen in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what's gonna cover the world. When it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the very glory of God seen in the face of Jesus Christ, all future. All of that is gonna be known. Knowledge of the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's a bright future. That's a bright future. But this is all in the future, and the question is, how? How will the knowledge of God be known over all the earth as the waters cover the sea? How will the knowledge of the glory of God from the face of Jesus Christ be seen in all the earth as the waters cover the sea? How will the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob be a blessing to all families and all nations of the earth? And the answer to these questions is found in our two verses. In our two verses in Zechariah 8.22, Zechariah 8.22 and 23, yea, many people, strong nations shall come to seek the Lord in Jerusalem. What a day. And to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days, there we go with the future. In those days, it shall come to pass. Ten men shall take hold of all nations of the na of languages of nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. They're not taking hold of the Jew and say, right, we know you got some great deals, great bargains here, we're gonna go with you so you can sell us something. No, this is totally different. Because when it says in Zechariah 8.22, many people and strong nations... That's a description of the whole world. He's describing what the whole world is gonna do in the future, and what are they gonna do? They're gonna come, they're gonna flow, they're gonna flock to Jerusalem. To Jerusalem, what for? So they can go on a sightseeing tour? No. They're going to Jerusalem to seek the Lord of hosts and to pray before the Lord. This is all gonna happen, and this is a picture that God has painted for us of what's gonna happen in the future. And again, it comes back to how is this gonna happen? Who is gonna bring this knowledge to the world that God is in Jerusalem and about the glory of God? And that's where verse 23 comes in, and God said, here's the answer. The answer is, in those days, you can have, he says, a picture, I'll paint a picture for you, God says. Can you see the picture here? We've got one Jew standing there, and now we've got 10 men standing around him. They're all grabbing a hold of his clothing there. 
And they've all got, they're, they're all speaking, this is real tongues. They're all speaking all the languages of the nations there. And the word that God uses in Zechariah 8.22 is shall. This is coming. And the word that Zechariah uses in Zechariah 8.23, the next verse, it shall, in those days, it shall come to pass. Future, future, future. God's gonna save the world. To see who he's gonna bring, he's given us this clear picture. Who's gonna bring him? The Jew. Who's gonna bring him? The Jew. The picture here is so astounding. And God is showing us this picture because he, he wants us to understand. That's why the title of this message is Save the World, Save, save the World by Saving Israel's Remnant. Now, I haven't described all that to you. What does that mean, save the remnant? So we're gonna come to that. But this is what's gonna happen. God is going to have the Jew bring the world to God. And God's gonna save the world through the Jew. Salvation for the world will come through the Jew. And when that happens, we're going to see God finally get his son to come out and serve him. Israel will finally serve him. This was the great quarrel that God had with Pharaoh. It's finally it's gonna happen. It takes a little while, but okay, it still happens. And since that time, God has had one fight after another fight to release Israel so that they can fulfill their eternal destiny, what they were, what, what, what he redeemed them for. May the Lord get the fruit of his work. May he get the reward for his redemption in Egypt. We celebrate Passover here every year, and we go through and recount because we never want to forget. God said, don't forget that of what I did. I had 10 plagues. God says, don't forget that. But that was a time when God redeemed Israel and saved them out of Egypt. But that was not so that they could just be free out of Egypt. It was so that they could serve them. And it never has happened since then. May the Lord get the fruit of what he redeemed them for, even though it's been 3,000 years since that happened. And this is gonna be the time when that happens, the promise that God made Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob that the seed would be a blessing to all the world, that they'd be a blessing to all the world. It'll finally coming here in Zechariah 8.23 as it says, in those days it shall come to pass. That, on those days it shall come to pass, is finally after 3,000 years since the first Passover when Israel, my son, as God would call him, is gonna serve me. So we set out the question, and we're the, we're the question we're trying to answer, and that is, why is Israel so special? We set out the question, we set out the question, why are we trying to answer, why is Jewish evangelism important when it is such a dismal failure? And we've seen that man's greatest problem, man's greatest problem, I didn't say the Jews, but man's greatest problem is judgment for his sins. Judgment for his sins. And we've seen how God solved the problem through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've seen how God intends to save the world by bringing this bright future, which we've talked about, bright future in Isaiah and Habakkuk to the world, and we see how God intends to do that, what his plan is to save the world and to bring this bright future to the world. It's gonna be through the Jew. So stay tuned, because we're gonna later show why Jewish evangelism today is so important. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being a persistent God.
and for not giving up. You didn't give up with our salvation. You were persistent all the way, Lord, and we just thank you for that. It's been 3,000 years since you said, Israel's my son. I'm gonna judge Egypt, so let them go to serve me. You judged Egypt. They came out, but they haven't served you. Lord, thank you for being persistent and not stopping. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. The poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619 599 1104. God bless you.